0: Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you
1: move your mouth, I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess, you're from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff, I swear I can't get enough listening to you talk that stuff talk.
0: Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: And good morning and welcome to Talk Money. You're listening to KWAM 990. I'm your host, Jim Shoemaker, and I have three great guests today. First of all, the inauguration of the 45th president. It's kind of on our minds. It's kind of a thought process, and it's, you know, (laughs) cut the microphones off. I need to cut these microphones off. My goodness, I can't even get started. These guys are into it big time. But my guests today, of course, are, you know, a guy that's here all the time, a lot of times. And Keith Quinn with me He's our Investment Committee Chairman and Director of Investments at Shoemaker Financial. And we have Rusty Leonard that will join us here in a few minutes. And he is the CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council. And, of course, we always like to have... Um, Rusty on the air, don't we, Keith?
3: Absolutely. Rusty's a great resource and has a great view, especially a global perspective.
2: Exactly. And we're going to dive into a little bit to what he's thinking about the inauguration of the 45th president, the oldest president ever, setting president at age 70, which is the new 35.
3: Breaking all kinds (laughs) of rules this year.
2: And also joining us is Jason Harrington. He'll talk about, in the second half of the program, how to work with a financial advisor. And under this scenario... Of looking at a new president, a new thought process, Jason. I look forward to that. That's going to be a good, good program for us.
1: Ready? I'm looking forward to it. All
2: right. Now, listen, guys. Let me just start with this. I mean, I got you got some statistics for us. One that I really kind of thought was unique in the fact that. As we talk with Rusty, right. I want him to describe his thought process of the economy, what's he seeing in the future, what sure. changes does he make. But there's one that I thought was relatively unique that you had, that you talked about as far as stocks and bonds.
3: Right, right. So we always, you know, we talk a lot about volatility, and we can talk about how much the market moved up. We finished 2016 in pretty good shape last year. The S&P 500 gained about 12%. But this was really interesting. When we started to look at how volatile stocks are compared to how volatile bonds are. So the worst day... For the S&P 500 in 2016, last year, was down 3.6%. So a 3.6% loss on one day. That is a worse loss than we've had in the bond market for a calendar year for the last 40 years. So over the last 40 years, the bond market has never had a year where it lost as much as the S&P 500 lost in one day. Stocks are more volatile, which is why you get paid more to own stocks. But you have to have a longer time horizon.
2: And a couple of weeks ago, when you were on the air, we were talking about the your forecast that stocks would outperform bonds. Stocks
3: outperform bonds, but right? But
2: people need to understand volatility. People need to understand the reality around volatility. And actually, Rusty is going to help us look at that with the inauguration of the forty-fifth president. It's important for us to understand that we
3: don't get euphoric, or fearful. And one of the studies that we like to look at a lot shows that over the last 36 years, the average intra-year drop, so the average drop in a calendar year in the S&P 500 is 14.2%. 14% 14% drop, and yet in 75% of those years, the last 36 years, the S&P 500 has had a positive return. Volatility is normal. Uh, volatility is not the enemy, uh, but volatility can be tough to handle. Absolutely. So whether you're a Republican or a
2: Democrat, whether you like Trump or you don't like Trump, the reality is the market performs anyway. Just stay with it, and that's (laughs) what we're going to talk about. We will be back in a few minutes. Rusty Leonard, he is the CEO of Stewardship Partners. He's our special guest. It's Keith Quinn and Jim Shoemaker and Jason Harrington. We'll be back with more of Talk Money in just a moment.
4: Jim Shoemaker, Keith Quinn, and Jason Harrington are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from The Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs. It's what we do. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes Store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And I
2: had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky story. Well, welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. It is, uh, you know, we're inaugurating the 45th president, and the key up ep- you know, the thought about that is the oldest man that's ever held that particular spot uh, at age 70, but seems to me he's got a lot of energy. No and I am extremely excited about that. And again, as we listen to Lee Greenwood talking about proud to be an American, he seems to be a very proud to be an American.
3: From everything I've seen and heard, he's got an incredible work ethic, uh, and I think he is. Well, I want
2: to welcome a guy that we are so pleased to always have with us. He's a special guest. He does a great job with us. And, of course, that's Rusty Leonard. He is the founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council. Welcome to the program, Rusty. Thank you very much.
0: Always a pleasure to be with you.
2: Thank you, Rusty. And, you know, we we are talking about the inauguration of the 45th president, President Donald Trump. And now, you know, that is a – when we think about that, I mean, it is a historical event. It is reality. It is something – I mean, I I don't remember in my lifetime where we've had as much – to, you know, unrest and, and, and the reality behind this peaceful, supposedly peaceful transition of power, which, by the way, will take place. It will be a peaceful transition of power. And the key is, whatever happens over the next couple of weeks, it'll be history. And that's the good part about that. But the question that I want to ask you, Rusty, and the thought behind this, what do you see as the impact of the financial markets? The, I mean, this the Trump administration is, I guess I get a little concerned with his tweets And my thought is, what's your (laughs) thoughts behind what is going to be the impact of the Trump administration?
0: Well, I think you have to look at what has already happened for your first indication of that. And that's uh, shortly after, well, as it was beginning to win, the market plummeted on the uh, fact that this was unexpected. But then, within hours, it said, you know what, this may not be such a bad thing, (laughs) (laughs) and and rallied very, very strongly. And uh, so it was pretty interesting how the market reacted, and surprising how the market reacted, how fast it turned around from the shocking victory that he had. Um, so I'm thinking that uh, you know there's going to be more volatility clearly because of his uh, of our tweeter in, in chief. He might uh, he's going to be stirring the pot quite a bit. And his policies are you know, quite a diversion from what they have been over the last eight years, which I think most of your listeners and all of us are going to welcome in, in many, many ways. But there's no doubt that this is a uh, unique and historic presidency, uh, someone without political experience and who has surrounded themselves with uh, successful businessmen for the most part rather than other successful p- politicians. And so since there's... there's uh, an element here where there's probably going to be a culture clash for a while in Washington, D.C., and that that could cause some problems and from time to time cause the markets to be riled up a little bit on both the positive and the negative side. And so I think we'll see more volatility early, at least early in the early going, Uh, but that doesn't mean it's all going to be on the downside. Uh, It's just, uh, just going to be bouncing around a little bit more than perhaps
2: it was before. Well, we started the program talking about volatility and the reality that volatility is the nature of the beast. Do, do you see that, that his, I mean, he's got a kind of a unique temperament, a little bit more, I'd say, we could say opposite?
3: That's a great way to say it, by the way,
2: but unique the, temperament. The, I unique like that.
3: temperament. <laughs> and,
2: and he is opposite of what we've had for the last eight years, at least I feel like it is, and we'll see how that plays out. But the reality is he seems to stir things up. He seems to create some you know, uh, I guess, uh, he, controversy. I mean, he's, he's, he's... Well, a
3: great example was taking the call from the president of Taiwan.
2: Exactly, exactly. So what do you see, Rusty, from a standpoint of the foreign policy, NATO, China, Russia, and how do you see that affecting us here? I mean, that's a, a loaded question, but one that I think a lot of our listeners are, are very anxious to hear.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, we're done with no drama, Obama. Uh, <laughs> we're moving on to, uh, I don't know what we're going to call nickname Trump. But, you know, <laughs> Obama's about as, as smooth of a character as you could get and trying to hold uh, people's uh, emotions down, and Trump's trying to do exactly the opposite. Temper tantrum Trump? That. Did that
1: work? Han Solo? <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, <that could> be. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to see a few of those I about
5: that. Yes,
0: and when Congress when Congress kind of doesn't do what it's supposed to do, or the Republicans kind of you know try to block something, he may uh, where he want to, may want to spend too much money or something. It, I'm sure we'll see some uh, some drama there. But in terms of the uh, you know he, you know the. U.S. economy. I think it's pretty straightforward that he's probably going to be. Uh, it's going to be a positive for the U.S. economy. Um, more often than not, his policies are, are things that are going to promote growth here in the U.S. Once you step outside the U.S. with trade deals and NATO and his relationship with China, is, you know, already contentious as you guys mentioned you know, by accepting the call from the president of Taiwan, kind of violating historic norms. Uh, it's going to get a little a little crazier, I think. And um, you know, it's not clear. Uh, if these are just negotiating positions that he's doing, he's staking out a very extreme negotiating position to start, and then he'll come back to something much more sensible, and I suspect that's what's going to be. But in the meantime, as you go through that process, the markets are... what is a negotiating position and what might be reality and what his real end target may be. So I can, again, see how uh, as he stakes out these negotiating positions and says radical and extreme things, uh, we may end up uh, seeing the market taking that literally mm. and uh, not really being able to read through it and and you know reacting perhaps overreacting. You know the market typically overreacts to most everything, and uh, it'll certainly Trump will give it a lot of things to overreact to. And these trade deals, um, you know, what he's threatening to do there is uh, you know, would have a, a very big impact on global trade and therefore global economic growth. My guess is that the bark is worse than the bite. And uh, I think that uh, in the end, uh, you know, we will come out at a place where it will be much better than, than uh, all the naysayers will uh, be yapping about in the early going when he, when he takes these extreme positions.
2: Well, you know, I think you're exactly right. I think the reality is uh, we are expecting uh, maybe he is negotiating, maybe he is setting that up. And then and from that, maybe he the extreme and then moves back to the middle. We're going to find you out You guys are in a fantasy land. We're yeah. going to find out this is a
1: brilliant <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, and right. Uh,
2: <laughs> but it, if you just tuned in, our guest is Rusty Leonard, special guest, and along with Keith Quinn and Jason Harrington here in the studio. And Rusty always does a great job of giving us the insight into – World Global and of course, our own economic markets and and Keith, I know Rusty keeps us grounded absolutely he, he doesn't he doesn 't paint face you know fancy pictures, real solid grounded pictures, but I
3: did want to say one thing about foreign policy because I thought about this, and I think it 's almost like when you know when when a Donald Trump inherits foreign policy now is a little bit like the stock market that Barack Obama inherited. There's nowhere to go but up. Our right. standing in the world has been diminished over the last eight years. I don't think anyone could argue that. I mean, we've got the Russians basically setting the agenda in the Middle East. You know, the, the uh, absolute nightmare in Syria with hundreds of thousands dead, millions deplaced. That's you know, true. we've got our, our relationship with Israel deteriorating. I just think there's a, a lot of room for improvement. And hopefully a president who negotiates from a position of strength, much like Ronald Reagan, would be much much better for our foreign policy. That's a great point.
2: Rusty, your thoughts as far as the Republicans in Congress? For the first time in over a decade, we have Congress and the presidency very much Republican and very, have that side, you know, so here's my thought. Are we looking for them to affect the market in a good way, or is the fact that they're going, I mean, there's a lot of history here, or in a bad way. So all of us being looking at it from the Congress and the presidency being Republican, your thoughts?
0: Well, it's going to help, uh, obviously, it's to help uh, to be able to get some things through. So, like, all those appointees uh, for cabinet positions, all that, you know, you should be able to get that through because of the change in the Senate. Um, <clears throat> laws that the Democrats did that did not come back to bite them. And, um, you know, there'll be the health care uh, repeal. It's easy to get through because of that uh, 52 number, you know, number of Republican senators uh, being 52. But once you get past that, uh, the 60 Senate rule, 60 senators, you know, to get something through the Senate comes back into play. And so he's going to have to contend with the Democrats, uh, you know, for the next two years at a minimum. And it's not always going to be easy. So, like, for instance, on the repeal of Obamacare, that can happen, but the replace requires some of those, you know, at least eight Democratic senators stepping up and, agreeing with whatever he wants to do on the replacement. Uh, he might be able to negotiate that and get that done, but it's not going to be easy, and he's not going to get everything he wants for sure. So it's going to be watered down from whatever his uh, ideal plan would be to replace Obamacare. So you have to be aware of that. Uh, on the And the other thing that may really be interesting to see how this develops is if you were to kind of score out uh, his tax plan right now, it would... It would cause the way the Congressional Budget Office would would score it out. It would cause deficits to jump back above six percent of uh, GDP, uh, pretty quickly. Uh, and so, basically, Trump, who has used a lot of debt to build his own personal financial fortune in the real estate business, uh, you know, he may be more inclined to use debt than the average Republican uh, congressman. And so, he could easily end up in a big battle with the Republicans in Congress because those those guys, we all sent them there saying, "Hey." Keep this debt from getting out of hand, get it paid down, move in the right direction. And they're kind of committed to that. So if, if Trump wants to score some early victories by spending a lot of money on infrastructure or building the wall and, uh, on the border with Mexico or any number of other tax cuts for corporations and individuals, uh, he may find that uh, when you know the numbers are added together and the Republicans in Congress, not the Democrats, but the Republicans may oppose him on some of that and force him to make some changes in order to get it through. So it's going to be a fascinating ride. Uh, over the next hundred two hundred days to see how that all plays out right now, of course it 's all hope you know the new president uh, is being inaugurated, and uh, everything 's wonderful, and we all love each other but, uh, when the when starting starts to hit the uh, the pavement here you know and it 's going to be a little bit uh, more difficult to make these
2: decisions if you just tuned in i 'm talking with Rusty Leonard now up until the last statement that he said he has tremendous credibility. But we all love each other. That shot I was going to pred- say, yeah. That yeah. Shot is <laughs> "You know, we need to all love each other. We pray that we all would love each other." Oh, the protest started all last would night. work yeah. together—that's the key, right there. We'll be back in a few minutes. We're going to continue our conversation with Rusty Leonard and Keith Quinn and Jason Harrington. We're all just kind of enjoying the fact that we are thinking about the change of power at the United States, the way we do it. It is unique. It has lasted for over 200 years. And believe it or not, it works. The change of power. We're going from one president, one party, to a new president, a new party. And whether we're protesting or not, it's going to change, and it will affect how we think in the future. We thank you for listening. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
4: The views and opinions expressed are those of Rusty Leonard only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services Incorporated or Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs, it's what we do. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: And welcome back. Of course, this part of the program, Talk Money, is brought to you by the Bailey Law Firm, Estate Planning, Elder Law, and Probate Planning for All Generations. Well, now listen to me. Now we're we talking. We're talking about the inauguration. We're talking about the new president, the forty fifth president of the United States. The transition of power. We're talking about the economy. What's it going to be like? The whole reality that we've got a Republican Congress. We've got a Republican president. My guest is, Je- is Je- Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I am so I'm so I've got so many things going on in my head, and I'm thinking here is Rusty Leonard and Jason Harrington and Keith Quinn, and we're talking through this process, and of course, a frequent guest of ours is Rusty Leonard, CFA, and a founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council, and does a wonderful job, a special guest of ours, and today we're going through what's his thoughts about this whole idea, you know, the idea of a new president, a new look at economy, a new thought. He's very business-friendly. He seems to be more of a tax, uh, savage cutter, you know, type mentality. And uh, uh, that's something I just threw out there, the word savage. Savagely you know? savage. savage. <laughs> savage cutting taxes yes. would be great. Yeah, I'll take maybe it. So. <laughs> But, you know, we, are, we have been seeing a, the corporate earnings, that recession that we lived through the last 18 months seems to be changing. And that's, you know, moving to the right side. And I guess that's giving us the thought that maybe this – That happening gives us a sense of maybe a continuation of the rise in the market. Earnings seem to be doing better. So let me ask you this, Rusty. I'm thinking, are we looking for a better first half of the year just because of fundamentals? Or are we going to blame it and say, hey, it's all a part of Obama and what he did? Or is it because of Trump? I mean, it's those three thoughts. (laughs) I tried to set that up as good as I could.
0: Yeah, well, I do think we're looking at a better... better, uh economic and corporate earnings uh, situation. And I think if you're a Democrat, you're going to say it's all because of Obama. And if you're a Republican, you're going to say it's because Trump finally got in there. And uh, the truth is probably neither. It's uh, just the economy <laughs> doing what it's doing. But uh, the good news is that really right around the world, you're seeing uh, the economies pick up some. And so you're starting to see, not just in the U.S., even before Trump took office, just in the couple months before, you start to see economic indicators start to point towards uh, higher growth. And then you saw, saw that also happening in places like Moribund Europe, where the economy barely grows ever. It started to tick up a little bit. And even in China, uh, it started to tick up a bit. The growth, economic growth started to look a little bit better. So to the point where some economic uh, forecasters there were joking that, well gosh, right now the, uh, when, the, when the government comes out and says we grew 6% plus, they may actually be telling the truth this time. <laughs> so, so, uh, so it's, uh, an interesting, uh, situation that Trump is inheriting. Things are looking better across the world. And on the corporate earnings front, as you mentioned, Jim, that's also looking better because we had the oil sector just getting obliterated while Saudi Arabians took down the price of oil trying to scare away the the U.S. uh, shale producers. They've relented on that. now. Oil prices have rebounded about 80-90% since this time last year. And, um, And so the corporate earnings are doing better because the energy sector earnings are doing better. And so everything's looking... You know, much better for President Trump. The wind is uh, going to be at his back at the outset. Uh, his challenge will be keep that going because the economy has we are already at like the third or fourth longest economic expansion that we've ever had. So it's not like it's a young economic expansion, but it was also one of the slowest economic expansions that we've ever had. So to a certain extent, even though it's been long, it hasn't been strong, and so there may still be uh, a fair amount left in the in the U.S. economy to to continue to grow and maybe set some new records in terms of length of uh,
2: economic. When you think about that, yeah, that's, I guess, Rusty, when you say that, I mean, I read something recently that, um, you know, was Obama a positive influence on the labor market? We've added 10 or 15 million new jobs, but the reality is uh, that, there's still 10 million prime age people, those that are that working class, middle class that that aren't in the labor force, and so there's a question about that. But it seems like over the last eight years, we've had to keep interest rates so low. Two questions for you: Number one, has that been good for the market? Has that been is that been because the the say the corporations have strengthened their financial position? And we've talked about that before, so I kind of know that. Yes, that the answer to that is yes. But has that now begin to affect the Federal Reserve and, and the possibility of some inflation? Are we seeing a new mindset coming out from Janet Yellen and her group? Is that kind of a thought process that we should be thinking about?
0: Well, yeah, this is a really big deal. Um, so we, what we've got, what we had for President Obama was eight years of the Federal Reserve covering his back on the economy. They use low interest rates. They use quantitative easing. They did everything they possibly could to prop things up. And so now, just as Trump takes office, the economy looks like it can stand on its own two feet. And the Federal Reserve is changing its policy. And they're saying, you know, we don't need to help this economy anymore. We're going to back off. We're going to start raising rates. We may start doing some other things with the amount of bonds that we hold and things of that nature. There's starting to be hints about that. And so... Obama, throughout his entire term, was blessed to have the Federal Reserve basically pumping the markets up and making him look good. Uh, Trump, even though he's inheriting an improving economy, he is also inheriting a, a Federal Reserve that is not going to be as friendly, uh, perhaps, as it was during the Obama administration. So you can you can uh, bet that there might be a few uh, nasty words going back and forth between Trump and whoever uh, is still heading up right now. It's Janet Yellen, whether she... Continues to head up the Federal Reserve under Trump's uh, presidency, we'll see. But, uh, you can imagine that there's going to be a little, a few sparks flying there because, uh, you know, Trump is not going to get the kind of support probably from the Federal Reserve that Obama was able to enjoy the whole time. And that really enabled his presidency to look pretty good for financial markets.
3: Well, Rusty, I think you're exactly right, and the Federal Reserve has been the the major influence over the last eight years, but they've also kind of been the only game in town. So even though the Federal Reserve is going to get onto this rising rate policy, is that offset by some potential improvements on the fiscal policy side, by some tax reform, by regulatory reform, you know, potentially repatriating the corporate profits that are overseas? Does that kind of offset the fact that, you know, the Federal Reserve is raising rates? And they're raising rates because, as you said, the economy is finally starting to get to the point where it can stand on its own two feet
0: yep but well, i guess my point is that's all true all that stuff is right but it, it means that there's greater risk uh, underlying the trump economy gotcha absolutely he doesn't have the federal reserve backing them up and taking care of all the uh, the nasty stuff like you know obviously under obama he implemented tons of policies that were really bad for the economy right right and uh but the federal reserve kind of made it look like everything was just fine absolutely complain about that right but uh, Trump is going to be dealing with a situation that is uh, completely different. And uh, I think he can maneuver around it. I think, uh, you know, if he can get Congress to, to pass uh, some of his economic uh, programs, yeah, he'll be fine. But there is also, there's two concerns. One will be inflation. If he pushes too hard uh, to push the econ- economic growth too hard, too fast, it could cause inflation. It could have some backlash. And um, there's also that problem that I mentioned earlier that the deficit, If he pushed everything all at once that was in his tax plan, the deficit would blow out, and that would not be good for the market.
2: Well, if you just tuned in, Rusty Leonard is our special guest today. He's the founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council, and he, of course, is a frequent guest of ours. We're talking about the new 45th president of the United States, President Donald Trump.
3: That's Donald J. Trump to Donald you, by the way. Donald J. Trump
2: to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, I get it. Missed it. I get it. That's right.
3: President President Donald President J. Trump. Yeah, President. You know, uh,
2: so the reality is, how is that going to affect what we're going to be investing in for the next four years? How, what do we think about? There's been this mindset, and what we wanted Rusty to do, which he is doing and walking us through that, is we're wanting to see just from his chair, what's he thinking? And, Rusty, you're doing a great job with us. And here's kind of one of the last questions that I need to ask you. This, uh, we have investors that kind of go from stocks to bonds. They we've talked. You've talked about the great rotation of investors, pulling money mm-hmm. out of bonds and investing in equities, that euphoric mindset. Then they get fearful, and they shift and rotate back, and it's all that. With interest rates starting to move higher, as you talked about. Is, is this going to create this mindset? Is it going to push stocks higher? Or where are we headed with this? I mean, I kind of want to get that into a mindset of what do we need to be looking at over, I mean, the last nine years, believe it or not, we've had a steady movement of the market. We've talked about that. This is, you know, the third or fourth longest bull market or run that we've had in a long time. Does that mean that we're going to continue to face that and go forward with that over the next four years, three years, two years? What's your thoughts? Last question.
0: Sure. Well, I think that uh, it's very interesting, uh, this great rotation that we talked about. You, because of what we just mentioned, that the Federal Reserve has had Obama's back, they've been pushing interest rates lower, which means bond prices go higher. And so people have been piling into bonds over the last five years, thinking, well, this, this just keeps working because the Federal Reserve keeps making it work. And so they've been putting money, trillions of dollars, literally, into, into bonds and taking money out of stocks over that period of time. Now... They're going to find out that the opposite is true. Uh, interest rates are going to rise. Bonds aren't going to return, you know, as good of returns as they did in the past. And they're going to say, well, gosh, my money's not really working that hard for me anymore. What else can I do here? Cause these bonds aren't working out anymore. And their financial advisor is going to say, Oh, look at the stock market. Corporate earnings are recovering. We're moving in the right direction. Uh, we got a president now who's going to put in policies, you know, put in fiscal policies that make more sense and tax policies that make more sense so the stocks. Stock market is where you need to be. So there could very well be a huge flood out of uh, bond funds and into equity funds, which would push valuations, which I must must say, are already above average. They could push them even higher, and so we could see that this eight-year uh, run that we had under Obama, where stocks advanced every single year as measured by the S&P 500, um, they could that could continue to a ninth year or a tenth year. Nine nine years is the record. Nine straight years of rising uh, stock markets is as long as we've ever had. Uh, we might be able to push that to 10 or 11 years because of this move uh, out of bonds and into stocks uh as the flood of money coming from those bond funds into stock funds could really push stock prices higher
2: well again you hear that i mean that's what we right? you know and i always like the way he gives us that he always shares with us on a very simple and yet very methodical way, which, Rusty, you do that so effectively. I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much, sir, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. Uh, You know, we get him for about 20 minutes, and uh, it's great 20 minutes. It's a great 20
3: minutes. It really is. So if you just (laughs) tuned
2: in, guys, it's been Rusty Leonard. He is the CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council. He's the founder. Thank you, Rusty. Have a great day. We appreciate you very much. I'm going to see you in February, I think, right?
0: Yeah, you may very well. And, uh, listen, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you over the, at least the next four years, hopefully the next eight, about a much better economic <laughs>
2: process. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Have Thanks, a great Steve. day. Thank you. If you Bye-bye. just tuned in, of course, you're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. I have guests with me today, Jason Harrington and Keith Quinn. When we come back, here's the subject, Reasons to Talk to Your Advisor. Jason's going to kind of walk us through some of those reasons. And they're always very, he's a very effective communicator, does a great job. There are reasons you should be talking to your advisor. Stay with us. We'll be back with more of Talk Money right after this.
4: This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
5: The Peabody Hotel is a landmark virtually synonymous with the South, Like so much of Memphis life in the 1960s, the hotel's beginnings were surrounded by the joys and sorrows life brings. Saddened by the news of his good friend George Peabody's death, the hotel's builder, Colonel Robert Brinkley, named his new building after his friend. Brinkley later gave the hotel to his daughter as a wedding gift. Though the hotel remained in the hands of the Brinkley-Snowden family for decades, it was forced to close and reopen before settling on its present location on Union Avenue in 1925. Since that time, the Peabody has been an important center of culture not only for Memphis and the Mid-South, but for the whole United States. During the 30s and 40s, the hotel hosted one of just three live national radio broadcasts, while the Skyway and Plantation Roof were an attraction for the great big band dancers. But the hotel's greatest and most enduring feature will always be the Duck March. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial.
4: You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and/or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax and/or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and/or legal situation. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker, along with Keith Quinn, and our special guest, Jason Harrington, is going to join us now. We're talking about reasons to talk to your advisor. The first part of the program, we were talking, of course, with um, someone who basically walked us through some saying, Rusty Leonard, about the economy. Now, let's kind of pause and say, okay, how do I work with a financial advisor? What are the reasons... To talk with the financial advisor, Jason Harrington. Welcome to this part of the program. Sir. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be here, uh, right, Jason. I guess what I'm thinking is, um, you know, you have a you have this mindset. I want to talk with someone, whether it's the inauguration. You know, that's an event that changes a lot of people's thought. You know, all the rhetoric that's been going on, but let's let's talk about what happens in people's lives, the everyday. You know, what's going on all the time, twenty four seven. Tell me one of the. Some of the reasons why you want to, hey, I need to talk to my advisor, or I need to talk to an advisor.
1: That's a great question. We get, we actually hope as advisors that you know our clients feel this sense of you know they would come to us with any financial question. You know there there's things that are happening in their lives that are what we would refer to as triggering events that are happening daily. Sometimes clients are unaware that this would be a time to to ask a, an mm-hmm. advisor a Absolutely. question. Uh, so we're hoping that they're asking. The last thing we want to hear is a question after the fact, you know, Hey, did I do the right thing or is this a, was this a good choice or was this a good decision that I made? We're hoping that uh, clients are proactive with us and let us know on what's going on in their life and going. But uh, you know, if you're, if you're wed or your marital status is changed, whether you're just getting married, you're getting married the second time or recently divorced Uh, those are events that can impact income, can impact the way you title things, can impact beneficiary statuses. Uh, A lot of changes happen when your marital status changes. So uh, that's a good opportunity to go seek out counsel from a financial advisor and say, hey, am I set up right in this new marital position that I'm in?
2: You know, that's a great point because that's a huge change. But you know what? Someone was telling me the other day, Jason. I want to run this by you because this was a question that came in, and I thought, you know, that's a great question. And the guy was saying, "I am a do-it-yourselfer." Okay, right. and I got that, and I told him. he said, "Hey, I do it this, and I'm good at it. But my wife is not.
1: Right. And they're absolutely.
2: in their 60s. They're just. And he says, for years, I've told her what I do, and as soon as I start the conversation, she glazes she shuts over. Down. Well, I mean, it's just not her thing. And, uh, you know, so his question was, can I come in and spend time with an advisor not for me? Well, he was quick to say that in his email. But he was saying, I want my wife to have a financial advisor. What's your thoughts
1: on that? Absolutely. We we see this all the time, and I tell clients, look, our job is not to reorganize how they – Handle their family operationally, like who manages the checkbook or you know things like that. That's not really what we're there to do. But uh, many times, and and when we meet with married couples, they've sort of established, you know, I make the decisions, she follows, or she makes the decisions and I follow, and they establish that operational pattern in their family, and and that's good and that's healthy and it works for them. But when you have a couple if they're not communicating on the same level or there's a lack of understanding we can at least provide an outlet for that person who's not as involved if something were to happen to the spouse that makes all the decisions that they would have a a trusted face to help them through some big financial decisions if something were to happen in that in that marriage or death or something
2: well that's the key he said you know i am in good health but he says i have now reached a point in my life where i am now planning for that point it could be tomorrow or 25 sure. years from now. He just wanted someone that he could trust, that he actually – I mean, what, what I heard him saying was, I want somebody I can trust, that I can vet, and yeah, I really yeah. understood that. Sure. Uh, so that when I'm not here, my spouse, his wife, would be okay. Right. And I thought, that's a pretty wise
1: guy. Yeah, what pretty smart guy, and, pretty and, smart guy. Yeah,
2: so And she was extremely appreciative of that.
1: I, I've seen it many times where, where even – again whether it's the husband or wife or even if they are admittedly on the front end saying you know what I don't know anything about this you know he makes all the decisions she makes all the all the decisions they usually leave with a, a real high level of appreciation for the fact that they were involved mm-hmm. uh they got asked questions uh and that they know someone now that they can ask a, they can ask questions to I
2: know you talk about this a lot but how often how often should someone if you are working with an advisor how often should you meet with that or at least talk to the advisor
1: well you know it, it that's a a good question we get we get asked that question like how often are we going to meet right and and i my answer to them is i hope it's as often as you need to meet um and i think that that's uh, if if uh, someone out there listening is looking to engage with a relationship with an advisor they need to have that understanding or the advisor needs to have that willingness to. To communicate on as frequent a basis as they need. Uh, At a very minimum, you should be talking to your advisor at least once a year. Uh, That gives you enough time to be proactive and change. A lot can happen in 365 days. Change is happening every single day. And if it's been greater than a year since you've talked to your advisor, then you need to pick up the phone and and make that happen.
2: And then, you know, maybe at that point, you've got to encourage the advisor, hey, uh, don't make me call you. Yeah, you absolutely. You need me. to call yeah, that's, me. Because we kind of require that in the office right. that they do at least have that conversation once a year. Absolutely. And it's difficult because sometimes, you know, the, the client may not say, well, that's okay. I'm okay. I don't need it. Now, when the market changes, Keith, it seems like they all want to talk. <laughs>
3: Everybody right. wants to talk when the market's <laughs> down. <clears throat> absolutely.
2: So now let me ask you this. You don't want to just talk when that's happened, Keith. I mean, you want to be not. preparing, sure. thinking about that. So how would you carry on that conversation?
3: Well, the conversation that you have when the market is down is relatively straightforward because it goes back to what we talk about all the time. Volatility is normal. It's inherent in the market. It's one of those things that we have to accept as long-term investors, and it's not anything to be scared of.
2: And so you that's just a common, everyday conversation. Absolutely. And you're not panicking and running to the heels. But the- like
3: we always say, and, and you know, I know you see this a lot, Jason, is is it's hard to combat – the information they get from the financial media because they are selling it as the end of the world, Absolutely. and that 's where, as advisors, we can come in and say look that 's not really true.
1: The very best time to meet with your advisor is when you know the market may be down there there 's plenty of opportunity there for an, a client to you know revisit their goals, revisit their vision, see how things are uh, are on track and make sure right. there's no changes to be made. That's the very best time to meet with your advisor. That's a
2: great point. If you just tuned in, I'm talking with Jason Harrington, and we're talking about some reasons to talk to your advisor. We've said often, we said, at your wish, when the market's up, when the market's down. Keith Quinn talks about it. it don't, don't just use the time when it's, uh, you're panicking, but stay focused with it. Well, we're going to come back in just a second. We've already said, when, if you're having some kind of a marital change, getting married, getting a divorce, whatever it is, it's a change in your life, so you need to talk. But there's some other reasons. Jason's going to guide, guide us through some of those specific reasons of when do you talk to your advisor. Stay with us. We'll be right back right back right after this.
4: Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Securian Financial Services, Incorporated. Member FINRA, SIPC, Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Neither Securian Financial Services, Incorporated nor Shoemaker Financial are affiliated with Rusty Leonard or Stewardship Partners Investment Council, Incorporated. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
2: Talk Money, as you know, is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm. Estate planning, elder law, and probate, planning for all generations. And I want to thank them. They're one of our key players in what we do, in the fact that they're able to help you move through a lot of those questions that you have when it comes to setting down and planning for retirement or working through your estate. It's all about elder law. The Mac Bailey Law Firm, Mac Bailey and his team, spends a lot of time with you, answers a lot of questions, and we're proud to have them as one of our sponsors.
4: Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim
2: Shoemaker. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jason Harrington, Keith Quinn. We're talking about money. This is Talk Money and uh, we thank you so much for listening and want to dive in. We're talking about reasons to talk with a financial advisor. Now, think with me. I mean, the whole idea, Jason, is people, you know, want to talk, want to think through this process. How do you know when to talk? How do you know? I mean, give me the reasons to say I need to get somebody to talk
1: to. Sure. One one of the more prominent reasons that that... That at least we experience in the office is someone is about to make a a major purchase. One of the the most major purchases that families will go through is the purchase of a new home. Right, Uh, and when you buy a home, you've got all kinds of questions involved. You know, how does this affect my cash flow? What kind of interest rate should I get? Uh, Does this change uh, add risk to my? You know, my overall financial plan. So there's a lot of questions that go in when you make a major purchase, particularly if you're purchasing a home.
2: Okay. So whether you're a first time buyer or even, you know, you've done this before and you kind of, you know, hey, I've walked through this, I know what I'm doing. It's still those are times when people pick up the phone and say, hey, I need to need to spend I know sometimes we work through the numbers for them. Some people say, well I think I can afford it, but from a from a third party Uninterested, we can advise them. Yes, you can. There are some numbers that we know from a planning perspective that help them make the right financial decision, not the emotional
1: decision. Absolutely. Is this is this house in line with you know where I should be purchasing given my income? Is this debt that I'm taking on appropriate for the comparative assets that I have invested and You know what kind of insurance need does this create? If I've got something, you know, how long will I own this home? Is this my retirement home or is this my you know Segway home? So there's a lot of questions that impact that uh, navigating that long term financial plan that Mm -hmm. you need to go through.
3: And I think that's a great point. And Jason, sometimes as advisors, we have to tell you the hard truth. It may Absolutely. be too much house. And that's, you know, incredibly valuable
1: advice. Absolutely. And, and I, I found that people, whereas when they get the mindset to purchase the home, they don't want to hear that. Right. But they appreciate, they appreciate hearing the it if it's the truth, if it's reality. And that's, that is our job is not to just not you know, to magically, right. yeah, magically make these things happen for clients, but to sit down with them in a, Uh, with some theory and some math and say, look, if you're going to make this purchase, here are some changes you may need to make in order to afford this, or the changes are just impossible to make, and you may need to look at a a less expensive home.
2: If you just tuned in, Jason Harrington, Keith Quinn are my guests today. We're talking about reasons or or why you would call your financial advisor. One of the biggest reasons, you've mentioned the house, and I agree, or you talk about a marriage, a change in your marriage status, getting married, getting a divorce, whatever, those are two. But I know one of the th- one of the things that so many times it ends up in our office and sometimes they end up too late. Right. And that's number the third one, yeah, I guess. That's
1: uh, that's probably if if you've someone that's if you're close to retiring or <laughs> contemplating retiring uh, yes, you don't want to have that conversation with your advisor, you know, the, the two or three months before you get the gold watch. Right. You know, you want to be having that conversation in plenty of time, uh, to make sure that, you know, w- w- what's interesting is that in today's world, most people that we meet with understand fundamentally they should be investing in their 401k you know this is kind of a knee jerk response there's the match and you should do it and you should do it and 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 uh, even your younger clients that come in they're right out the gate right out the gate getting it uh getting it going but what we find is uh also uh, a remarkable statistic is that a lot of people don't know if the what they're doing with their 401k will accomplish what they want it to do long term uh they're investing the money into it But they don't really know where. what will it do when I retire. Is it enough? Is it the right amount? And they kind of uh, have this assumption that because I've invested in my 401K, I'm okay with retirement. And that's simply just not the case many, many times.
2: So you walk them through some things. You don't just uh, listen and go through this process after you've listened to their desires. You're then going to help them get some financial picture of what that means.
1: Absolutely. first step is to, you know, what do you hear when most people say, what would you like your retirement to look like? Mm. Most of the time people say, I want a comfortable retirement. Right. And, you know, our job is to go through this. therapy with them in a way to help them define what comfort means to them and put a monetary value to that.
2: Well, if you've got questions for these guys, their telephone number is 901-757-5757. Keith Quinn, Jason Harrington, you know, just give them a call and let them guide you through whatever financial issue that's going on in your life, whether it's retirement, whether it's a marital change, whether you got grandkids coming, whatever it is, college education, Give them a call,
3: 757-5757. Thanks, guys, for being hey, with No problem. Program. Absolutely. Thanks for having us.
2: You know, again, we appreciate so much you listening because the reality is without you listening, there is no Talk Money radio show. So thank you so much. And anytime you want to just ask us a question, simply send it to Talk Money at Shoemaker Financial. Dot com TalkMoney at ShoemakerFinancial.com, and we will be glad to get that particular question on the air. I want to thank my producer and board operator today. He has done a great job. That's Gil Worth. Always does a good job for us. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner, production assistant, Eleanor Moskovich. Mid-South History Moment is read by Rebecca Brazier and written by Drew Johnson. I'm Jim Shoemaker, your host for Talk Money. We're glad that you're a part of the program. We're here every week helping you. Make the most of your money.
0: Shoemaker,
4: Keith Quinn, and Jason Harrington are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.